Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Data Astrology live right here on the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Frequency. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. All right, y'all. Peace. I say I'm in raw. We are live. We are in full effect once again right here on the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Frequency. Thank you so much for joining me again this week and um, for all of my so faithful, our so faithful weekly listeners. Uh, we just appreciate you so much just for your energy, your good energy of support. So. Let's roll on. Today, we definitely don't want to move too far ahead without remembering, honoring, revering, and um, saying the names of our um, divine righteous ancestors, Ashe, for without whom we would not be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And divine thanks to Brother Ampu holding it up for us right here Um and um, much, much love, circle of protection to all those who are traveling to the Positron event for the uh, Autumn Equinox Retreat, okay? So I wish I could go and be there. I'll just hold up the fort where I'm at. So uh, we are here to discuss the week ahead, Sunday the 18th through Saturday the 24th. Whew, boy, is Mercury still retrograde. I'm trying to pull up my notes now, y'all. Computer just going slow. It's all good. We're working it out. We're not going to let Mercury retrograde handle us. We're going to handle Mercury retrograde. It will be going direct, stationing direct in the week ahead here on the 22nd. So I'll get into that, a little bit of information for each sign regarding those energies and what to kind of expect and how to maneuver through the transition of Mercury having been retrograde. It's stationing direct and then still traveling through these uh, retrograde degrees until it gets out of the shadow or the zone of the the retrograde there in Virgo. we're of course still in the thick of eclipse season. I say I say still in the thick. I know that we're rounding it out here on Friday the sixteenth um, with the final full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces. Um, that of course you can tell by last week's show. Just it has all the elements of having a sense of finality, having a sense of closing out a chapter or something, and having a sense of sealing off even more so than that, sealing off the energies of this entire eclipse season we've been living through since the end of August and the effects it's going to likely have over our next six months to a year and how the last six months to a year has um, impacted this time as well. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can definitely say that some stuff that's cycling through, you know, I won't have to pass this way again. I have learned this lesson. I have closed out this chapter once and for all. I will never pass this way again. And if I do, I'm making a completely different decision, you know, based on these um, 
karmic times. I look at eclipse seasons like this as as karmic times, um, just like kind of transits to that tenth house when you uh, or full moons when you come to that point. You know, 180 degrees away when you can see clearly on the other side then you can make a better decision. When you've reached the peak of that summit, that mountain, you can see, you know, man, this was the best mountain I could have ever decided to climb or eh, I think I want that mountain over there. (laughs) I think I want another mountain to climb. Like this one, the view from up here, I can see it clearly and I don't necessarily like what I see. So if if if, if your cycles, um, you know, are showing you that you need to make a better decision. And that, to me, when the karma happens and all that stuff, when it comes back around, the seeds you've sown have harvested and it's not necessarily what you, you know, you didn't realize that that wasn't actually a pumpkin seed and, and you got some squash. <laughs> it's like, okay, let me make sure this time around I got my pumpkin seeds. Let me get it directly out of a pumpkin so I know I'm not going to take no seeds from nobody else. So it's it's a lot going on energetically just even with that alone, Mercury retrograde in the middle of eclipse season. But there's some other shifts happening here in the week ahead that I am happy to tell you about. Um, I've gone pretty far into the show and haven't done a sound check, so let me make sure I can be heard before I go too much further. Um, what else, y'all? My goodness. Definitely feel free to um I appreciate I see you guys on the line listening. If you have a question, please or a comment, don't hesitate to press one on the keypad and um and uh, I will let you on. Uh let's see, let's see, let's see. Y'all hold on one second. Mercury retrograde is real, but we don't give up what? We're gonna work it out anyway. As soon as I can hear my voice, then I will keep on going. As a matter of fact, let me pick up this line, and if you can hear me on there, even better. Peace to the caller from 203. You're live on the air with Mama Dada. Peace and greetings, Mama. Thank you for taking my call. My name is Zakita, and I can hear you loud and clear. You say your name is Lakita? No, Zakita. Zakita? Yes, ma'am. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, what what would you like to um, ask or add to um, the content of the show today? Well, I was questioning about a job opportunity. Do you see that happening for me during this Mercury retrograde season? Because I was called uh, and I put in the application. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask what your sign is. I actually don't do on-air readings, but I'm just curious what your zodiac sign is. Okay. I'm a cancer. I'm July 9th, 1981. Okay. And I think my moon is in Libra. Okay. And your ascendant, do you know where that is? Um, I believe it's in Gemini. That's going to be a very critical and pivotal piece of information of your birth chart to know simply, and you can find, there's so many, excuse me, free sites to find that information out on, Um, but that's going to be a very critical piece of information simply because that ascendant does denote the physical body. 
So when you read your horoscope for Gemini or when you're listing out like on the show and you're listing, you hear Gemini, you definitely want to take that information into consideration as well because these are themes that are likely to play out for you in, in, in the physical representation of your life. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to mm-hmm. the sun, your sun there in Cancer where you're expressing yourself and it's more of an ego thing and it's more of a personality thing. And then the moon, especially for a woman, is how more so how um, a particular influence is going to affect you emotionally or your comfort level, okay? And so that's mm-hmm. going to be the distinct, especially if you have three separate ones. Um but, yes, I would like to um, take your information down and contact you after the show because clearly I would I would want your birth details and to actually look at your chart of transits that are going on right now and things of that nature, look at trends um, for to your natal chart in the coming, you know, time ahead and things of that nature. That's the only reason I don't do them online, I mean on air, because I, I, I like to be thorough and dig in. I'm, I am very intuitive and spiritual as well, and I pick up on a lot. I get people calling back in, and they were like, you're on point, and this, that, and the third, just based on intuitive messages that I, that are channeled through me. So, um, Dakita, I'm looking forward to talking to you again later, if that's okay. Oh, no worries. Thank you. Thank you for your insight Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, pleasure. I would encourage you strongly to listen out for those three different signs uh, throughout the show. I'm going to admit I've got a lot to give give you guys because Venus is moving into a new sign. The sun is moving into a new sign. Mercury stationing retrograde. And I'm going to cover all 12 signs with each of those, okay? Okay, I have one more question. So sure. with, the, with Okay, so I know that I am... Um, I have a Gemini ascendant, but should I also look at the Sagittarius? Or I don't think it's opposing, but it's the opposite. Because I know my opposite is Capricorn, but I also know the opposite for the Gemini. I think it's Sagittarius, and with Libra, the opposite of them is Aries. So should I also look at that backdrop? You know what, what you're going to find, and this is what I ultimately ended up finding out, and I love that Brother Ampu um, definitely encouraged us towards thinking outside of just the box of our sun sign, because what you're going to find ultimately is that you're all of the 12 signs. Um, The way if if Gemini, Gemini is your ascendant, then yes, Sagittarius is going to play a significant role for you because that is automatically going to make Sagittarius your descendant. And what does that mean? That means that this area where the others are represented in your life, partners, people you partner up with, people you consult with, maybe like even talking to me one-on-one, people that you partner up even with in business, um, even your open enemies are going to be represented there in Sagittarius. And that is going to um give you um um insight into the characteristics that the others in your life would tend to come through even your shadow self parts of yourself that you maybe don't even acknowledge that have a sagittarius tinge to it so yes okay. yes 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 all of those play a part that's why when you know your time of birth you can know your house cusp because the houses are going to be significant 
even more so than the signs. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, breaking that and anything else down to you and talking to you um, about job, uh, job prospects and, and what that kind of looks like energetically for you right now and in the near future. All right. Thank you, Mama. I'll definitely be listening. Thank you very much. Okay. Absolutely. I'll put you back on hold, Akita. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, y'all. What a wonderful start to the show. This is it. This is what I do, you guys. My mama's babies, they get to enjoy me week from one week to the next. Um, for all intents and purposes, they enjoy um, – uh, uh, just like I do two hours here on the show every week, they get to enjoy an hour of personalized. They have a recording, just like the show is recorded, and you can play it back. They get a recording every week of our um, hour of consult that they get to play back. And, and within the concept, basically they get a personalized show because we're talking about the transits and how they're affecting them, their particular chart. And it's just invaluable. It's invaluable. They get the physical reports every week as well. So even beyond the hour that they talk with me, they get to refer to these reports so they can see exact by time when an energy is going exact. Because it's kind of cool to know that, you know, if Mercury's retrograding in this area, in in your sixth house of work, let's just say, since the key to mention work, that, or, your, it, it, or health. Sixth house governs work, it governs health, it governs daily routines. And so um, it's helpful to know that if you're, if you're, Dealing with a wonky type energy, a little a energy that's a little off on the job. That okay, I do have Mercury retrograding in the sixth house, and it is making these particular aspects to my chart. Let me work within this context. Okay, let's say Mercury retrograding sixth house square in your Neptune, right? And you don't know who to believe on the job. So then you you listen to this show every week, and you're learning what these higher octaves of Neptune are like, and that squares don't mean a thing, and that you can F off a square. Like I said, I can't believe I said that last week, y'all. Thank goodness the child was in the room, and I said F off instead of <laughs> what it is. But you can F off a square. A square does not have to take you out. A challenge in a test doesn't have to wipe you out. It can be something you can build on. It can be something productive for you. It can be a test and a challenge can come to prove you and prove to, prove to you and anybody who's observing you that tests and challenges can be built upon, okay? They can help you build structures in your life where you hadn't necessarily seen them before, but thankfully the square came along and challenged you to open up those eyes and see. That you can, instead of, okay, well, it's a square to Neptune, I could be getting deceived and people are probably not telling me the truth and I feel confused and I don't know what to do. Okay, we're going to access that energy on a higher octave because confusion is low vibration Neptune. Deception is low vibration Neptune. Let's take it higher. So instead, let me, let's just say, Take when I take my lunch break at work, instead of going to the car and listening to ratchet music 
or, <laughs> you know, watching ratchet videos on my phone of people fighting and wonder why it's fighting all up at the job because you didn't put it in your consciousness and, and, sub and set it up in your subconscious to, to play out in your reality, then you can take that same one-hour break at work and go to the park and breathe in some good prana and, and allow the healing rays of the sun to revitalize and re-energize you so when you go back and clock back in, you feeling so good you don't even see the BS that's going on. It can't even touch you because you're flying a little too high. So it just depends. I'm looking at people's charts all the time, and so it's, it's just different for everybody, but everybody has access to the same good energy if they so choose. So um, definitely looking forward to talking to Dakita and whomever else. Please do not hesitate. Go to the episode information for this show. Um, if you want to subscribe and become a mama's baby, you can click and do that. If you want to send some astral love gifts my way just to say thank you, Mama Dada, for showing up here every week faithfully without fail to make sure that we can stay ahead and breaking it down for us so we'll know what it all means. Um, you can do the one-click email access just to shout me out, send me an astral love gift message, and just say, hey, Mama Dada, I'm listening, and I appreciate you. Keep up the great light and dark work. <laughs> um, there's a link to the Inner Peace Lighthouse site. And if you would like to go back and listen to last week's show, which is talking about everything going on right now, that link is in the episode information as well. Um, let's jump in, y'all. Um, I know that from last week, I have some horoscopes to finish up with you guys um, regarding what did I get to, y'all? Oh, the eclipse itself. I got to do those because I got to finish those, and I know exactly where I left off to. Then we're going to go ahead and jump in the week ahead. The only thing that's happening in the current week after I get through, um, I'm, I'm going to have to move it quick through these uh, full moon lunar eclipse horoscopes. Um, last week I was really taking my time. Uh, but the only thing happening after that, the eclipse is exact on Friday, this Friday the 16th, 2.05 p.m. Central. And then the moon does go into Aries later that evening, late night, 11.22 p.m., the moon enters Aries. Like I told you all last week, the aspect that the moon makes at the time of the full moon, which is the moon opposite the sun, that actually does send the moon into void status for nine hours and 17 minutes until it goes into Aries later that night. So good thing it's a full moon anyway. You're not really doing a whole bunch of new initiatives um, during a full moon, let alone a void, of course, <laughs> a full moon. So um, it's it's even more energy put on this um time that we're living through now that's going to be exact here on Friday afternoon to close things out, to wind things down, to wrap certain things up, okay? Then the moon enters Aries, and it's going to be a completely opposite field. Aries governs that first house. We're going to be ready to take off, take flight, get it done, speed up, push ahead, when the moon goes into Aries late Friday night. 
uh, we actually end out the week with the moon in Aries and um, Mars trines Uranus Saturday, 2.04 a.m. after that. So let me, I've left off last week. I'm pretty sure it was Sagittarius. And if it wasn't, and you're a Gemini or a Virgo, because that's the only other ones that I could have not done, then just contact me. But I'm pretty sure I stopped off at Sagittarius. Sagittarius, you are wrapping up emotional issues, okay? Let it go. Make sure, Sag, that you are strengthened in your core, you hear me, and that you encourage and support yourself if you can't necessarily get it from those that you are closest to. Fourth house is is ruled by cancer. It's talking about comfort, okay, your level of comfort. And so make sure you're at home. You can feel at home with yourself, whatever you got to let go and release out of your life to make sure you're strong in your core. You got to do it. Because energetically, you're going to be craving comfort, familiarity, and, and, and that fourth house is at the very bottom of the chart. So if you are, feel like something's bottoming out or you've reached the very end of something, uh, in some uh, astrologers' uh, interpretation, the fourth house is the house of endings and death, okay? So wrap it up, let it go, kill it, let it bottom out, <laughs> and so then, you know, 180 degrees from now when you're having this same energy in the 10th house and you've reached the top from the bottom, you can, you know, be be proud of that. You can uh, maximize the fullness of what it means to have let go of and left everything out and alone that did not strengthen you from your core, okay? Cancer, speaking of fourth house, cancer. <laughs> For my cancers, Dakita, um, you can definitely feel more connected to your beliefs. Ninth house is governed by Sagittarius, Jupiter energy. So that's luck. That's expansion. That's growth. And it's not to say that you're closing out on your growth, but you may be wrapping up energetically maybe some old beliefs, the way you used to believe that the world worked. Or or what I do like about this eclipse energy is it's so intense. You're either intensely releasing something or you're intensely strengthening something, okay? And so for a can for my cancers, you could be, you know, letting go of some old beliefs, but you could be even more rooted and grounded in a belief or some beliefs that you have, okay? And so ninth house, of course, is the house of higher learning, and and you may be releasing some wisdom or some higher learning knowledge uh, that you, uh, by way of teaching, you know, um, uh, formally or informally with others, okay? And so uh, the mental energy is prevalent with this ninth house, and so where you focus that mental energy could could be coming up for you as well too um, whatever you may be releasing or letting go of right now cancer it could you could be i like the ninth house because it kind of feels like graduation it is the house of higher learning it is the house of of higher and further and advancement and growth and optimism and luck and abundance. So you, whatever you may be letting go of, it could be making you feel like ah, lighter. I can go higher now. I can go further now. I'm free. 
there in the ninth house with Sagittarius, okay, Cancer. Scorpio, um, you definitely, with the fifth house influence, you getting it in like Cancer because y'all are all, this is a full moon in Pisces. And so Cancer is a fellow water sign to Pisces as well as you, Scorpio. So you guys are all in this really, uh, this space of having really good energy easily accessible to you. So Scorpio, with you in the fifth house, it's all about that creativity, okay? It's all about that passion, and it's all about that fun and enjoyment. And so uh, because it is a full moon and an eclipse full moon at that, any full moon anyway is going to denote some level of intensified emotion, period. Any full moon, new moon is automatically talking about some level of relationship within yourself or externally with others, which are only reflections of yourself, period, okay? So with the fifth house, Scorpio, you're already a water sign. This is already a water full moon. So emotions are going to be on full, just like the moon, okay? And so with that fifth house, even more so. It's a fire house ruled by Leo and the sun. And so, uh, but you could really let it out in some fun ways. Once again, we're releasing with this full moon and this eclipse. Um, and so you can let out some creative expressions. You can be so inspired to let out, you know, a little more dr- drama, or dramatics as you're expressing your emotion. So be mindful of that. Um, you could also be wrapping some creative things up, okay, with this full moon. And um, like I said, you're either letting some stuff go or getting even more intense about some stuff, Scorpio. And for you, that's going to regard creative projects. It's going to regard dating. You may be intensifying a relationship with someone you're dating or just completely letting it go. Um, Fifth house also governs children. It may be something with your child that's wrapping up Scorpio, okay, or getting becoming more intense. But in but definitely any love relationships in your life, it does not have to be with a romantic partner. Once again, it could be with a child. It could be with anyone that you love, loved ones here in the fifth house. Um, but you can settle issues that maybe have impacted those relationships, or you can walk away from someone that, you know, you're just not that serious about or become closer to someone you are. Taurus. Oh, Taurus. You are experiencing the Pisces full moon eclipse through your 11th house of Aquarius, of Uranus, of the future, of your hopes, wishes, and dreams, of your former lovers, of the groups that you network with, okay? And so you could feel like it's time to move on from a dream that you were had been pursuing, or you could feel like it's time to ramp it up now that the light of the full moon has fully exposed something or fully illuminated something. You could ramp it up. Um, it, it's a real intense energy, so once again, you could feel intensely like you uh, want to marry a particular dream of yours, okay? Um, it is the house of former lovers as well, Taurus, so you could feel more intensely about a former lover, or you could feel like, you know what, this is it. I'm going to go ahead and let this go. It's a Pisces full moon eclipse, y'all. This is powerful, not your ordinary full moon. 
Um, indiv- Taurus is also the house of individuality and independence, okay? So you could really, and it's house of the rebel. So you could feel like you want to fight for that. You know, something may be getting illuminated that lets you see, no, I'm going to be true to myself and I'm going to forge my own unique path. And so uh, you're definitely, Taurus, taking stock of your friendships. You're deciding who you want to keep in your life and who you don't feel, you know, is uh, connected to your higher purpose or higher good anymore, and you're going to more than likely let them go, let that relationship to that, that group or association go. And so then you can focus on more, you know, friendships that are serving a higher purpose. Capricorn. Capricorn, you are dealing with this Pisces full moon eclipse from the third house, the house of Gemini, the house of Mercury, the mental house, right? And so the lower mind as opposed to Sagittarius' ninth house, ninth house Jupiter higher mind, okay? But Capricorn, you're going to be wrapping up some, like, you know, smaller projects, little just mental projects, ideas maybe coming uh, to illuminated um that you you can more easily express or communicate, you know, the the intense emotions that are coming up for everybody around this time, you're in a better position to communicate those effectively. Now, Mercury is still retrograde at the time of this eclipse, so it may require a little effort, Capricorn. You may have to slow down and purposely focus on effectively communicating um, and expressing your ideas, okay, expressing what's on your mind and um, finalizing some just little projects. Third house is like the house of running errands in the neighborhood and, you know, so it's just probably short little project type things that you may want to wrap up or even ramp up, okay? Uh, Aries, 12th house, (laughs) the house of release. Now, you know you're supposed to be letting something go, Aries. (laughs) You know you're supposed to be letting something go right now because you're dealing with it in the house of letting go, in the house of sitting down and meditating and praying and, you know, not in facing your fears in the twelfth house. So if you you are feeling afraid, it's an emotional house. It's the Pisces house that you're having a Pisces full moon eclipse through Aries. So this is a I won't even say double because I told y'all last week how many layers of energy is already inherent in this Pisces full moon. And then Aries, you can add another layer to that because you're dealing with it through the Pisces house. So I mean. Aries likely is something you've been needing to let go of for a long time, and it took a Pisces full moon eclipse in your Pisces house (laughs) to get you to the point where you are finally ready to let it go. It's it's something big. You hear me, Aries? It's something big, and I'm saying this because I know you know what I'm talking about. It's not a game, Aries. It's not a joke. This 12th house is the house of the subconscious, so a lot of this is, like, right beneath the surface. And and this full moon going to expose it, okay? So it's not a matter of keeping it tightly packed underneath the surface still. That's no longer going to be an option. It's coming to a head. You're going to face them fears. 12th house, if you don't do it right, is the house of self-undoing. 
That's why it's the house of hidden enemies because sometimes that enemy that you fighting the worst is yourself, but you just can't see it. It it could seem like a real heavy time, Aries, okay, obviously, and emotionally heavy, okay? So take care of that emotional self, your inner needs. Whenever anybody I'm I'm talking to is having a 12th house transit, my my um, suggestions for them are pretty, you know, the same. You you need to that it's the house of confinement. You can either you know meditate and pray and take some time to tend to your own self and your own needs. I know 12th house is also the house of being selfless, and it's a house of unconditional love, and, you know, you doing stuff for uh, people and not expecting nothing in return. I get that. But I also get that what comes after the 12th is the first, and that if you did not take time out in that 12th house Aries to tend to yourself, to go ahead and keep to yourself a little bit, especially if you're actually inclined to follow that inclination, Aries. You're feeling it, sensing it for a reason. You're dealing with this Pisces Eclipse Aries through a, a house that is governed by water, emotions, intuition. You're not going to think your way out of this one, Aries. You're not going to talk your way out of it. You can't pay your way out of it. You're going to have to feel. You're going to have to feel. You're going to have to face those fears. You're going to have to face that subconscious. You're going to have to let these things that are coming up from beneath the surface, you're going to have to deal with them. That's why they're coming up. And if it all gets to be too much, okay, you are only one person, Aries. I know y'all think y'all run the world. And, and hey, y'all my sister fire sign. I can't take nothing away from Aries. But you are only one person. And maybe this is a time that you need to tend to yourself and allow others to tend to you as opposed to you doing it all the time. This, this, you're not going to have this 12th house transit for long. And trust me, by the time you get to that first house, you want to be ready for the spotlight to be on you. You want to be ready to step your foot out the door and, you know, be in all your glory and regalia. But if you don't do the 12th house right, you're not going to enjoy your first house right, transit right, okay? Leo, my other fire sign, come on now. Y'all dealing with um, the Pisces full moon eclipse through yet another water house, the eighth house of Scorpio and Pluto. And so, Leo, not much difference. It's deep. It's intense in the eighth house, right? And, and, and the eighth house is talking about issues that you're holding deep within yourself. It's not subconscious, right, but beneath the surface like Aries is dealing with. That stuff is easy coming up. Leo, eighth house, that's talking about the, the psychological Okay, we're going deep with it, stuff that's from deep, deep down and back, back, back. (laughs) So these are also coming to the surface, okay, Leo, but it's more intense. Eighth house is the house of intensity and extremes. And, And so that's all coming to light too. You can't, nobody can escape a full moon and you damn sure can't escape a full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces. But it's all coming up, Leo, to, for you to and Aries, for you to address it and make changes for the better. Make progress. You can't make progress if you don't even know what the issue is. 
And so once again, Leo, eighth house of water house, I want you to tap into these emotions that are coming up. I want you to tap into what's triggering you because that's the psychological stuff. I want you to tap into things that you think are taboo and don't want to deal with the hidden things, the mysterious things, um, the dark, considered dark things. I want you to tap into that. Uh, eighth house is also the house of transformation, Leo. So I want you to know that things you are releasing right now, things you are letting go, things you are allowing to cycle through instead of trying to hold on while every energy in and around us is denoting change, I want you to know that you can really transform and see something. You know, eighth house is the house of death and rebirth. If you feel like you're dying, Leo, then you're right on track. You're right on track for a rebirth. You're right on track to rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Just when they thought you was burnt to a crisp, Leo, here you are rising again. So stuff that you've been working on, um, Especially eighth house is also the house of shared resources, Leo. Anything you're working on that has mutual benefit to someone else in addition to you, some a partner in a project or a venture, those things could either be culminating, wrapping up, or intensifying at this time as well. Eighth house is a money house, Leo, so definitely um, things going on with your finances could very very easily be shifting and impactful for the next six months to a year, okay, especially finances and resources that are shared. Libra and Aquarius, I'm rounding it out with you guys. We're going to jump into the week ahead right after that. Libra, you are dealing with this Pisces full moon eclipse from your sixth house, that same sixth house of work and health and daily routine that I was um, talking about earlier. And so some work projects could be culminating, coming to an end, wrapping up, or intensifying, Libra. Um, Like I said, this time period has a real karmic feel. You could be uh, receiving rewards for hard work done in that area of your daily life, of your daily routine, of your health. You may have been, you know, uh, have taken something out of your diet for however long now, and then you're starting to see some really significant changes in those impacts even more, you know, be it weight loss, be it just health and lifestyle. Six House is the house of lifestyle, okay? You could also be walking away from work or projects that you don't believe in anymore, um, even things in your daily routine. Well, I was drinking these little things for a little while, and I really haven't seen any results, so I'm going to let that go, that type of thing, Libra, okay? Um, You can focus on uh, revamping your lifestyle to be healthier, eliminating bad habits, during this time, Libra, and you can actually, that sixth house is a little tricky, Libra. Let me um, add this in before I move on to and wrap it up with Aquarius. But um, that sixth house is ruled by Virgo, okay, also Mercury ruled. And in this expression of the energy, it can be a very stressful energy because the sixth house is where the sun is in Virgo right now. So you've you've gotten a glimpse of the detail orientedness, the nitpickiness, you know, the very exacting and organized energy. So um, all those things can be of help if you're establishing new habits to your lifestyle and daily routine, Libra, um, or even um, eliminating old bad habits. Uh, tr- uh, please. Keep in mind, Libra, 
if you're eliminating something, <clears throat> the universe does not like a void or a vacuum because it will fill it. Um, and so if you're eliminating a bad habit, please, please, please introduce one in its place, a good habit in its place. Um, and that should also help with the potentials for stress given this transit for you, Libra. Um, you are, you're human too, Libra. So if you, I know this is the house of work, but if you need a break or an outlet, give it to yourself, okay? It's a, a house still ruled by Mercury, the sixth house. So just utilize that common sense and be practical. Lastly, but never least, Aquarius, you're dealing with the Pisces full moon lunar eclipse in your second house of personal finances, okay? Um, it's also the house of, of values, how you value yourself and how that in turn Im- impacts and affects what you attract to you. It's the house of collecting things, okay, attracting things to you. The eighth house directly opposite is where you can release and let go of some stuff because you're sharing it with somebody else. So financial issues, Aquarius, can definitely be settled, wrapped up, culminated, come to an end. Um, Also, could intensify. Like I said, at this time has a karmic feel. If you have not been handling your finances well, you are going to be very motivated after as the the illumination of this full moon, you know, intensifies you emotionally to respond one way or another. You could be very motivated to set on, you know, this next 6 months to a year on a new path and journey uh to I would I always suggest raising your vibration as it relates to your own value how you value yourself because I promise 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 from personal experience happens all the time every day <laughs> you are going to attract to you exactly what you feel you deserve okay Aquarius I know um the second house is a fixed house ruled by um Taurus and so, uh, but it also, Taurus is ruled by Venus, okay? So I want you, Venus brings the ease. Venus brings the comfort, okay? Venus brings the beauty. So I want you, Aquarius, to work on improving your self-esteem and confidence. And I want you to focus on what impacts that confidence because that may be the thing you're being called to let go of. If you think that it's about having a souped-up car sitting on rims and I don't know what to tell you, but I know that if that's the thing that's impacting your confidence, this is a time when you can begin to let that bull crap go and set yourself up. Fill the void. You're letting something go. You want to fill the void, and so now you're doing things that impact your self-esteem and confidence positively. I'm a come on when and Taurus rules the throat, and you can say speak some stuff better than I need a souped-up car to feel good about myself or have anybody like me. No, you can start replacing that stuff immediately with, I am priceless (laughs) no matter what car I'm driving. The car I'm driving does not define my worth and my value. I am worth more than 20 cars on rims. I don't know. However you got to do it, Aquarius, make it. Make it count. Make it count to your self-esteem, to how you value yourself. 
um, and 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 just focus on living a life that's in alignment with your true values. Okay. All right, we are into the week ahead, y'all. Sunday, the 18th. I will mention some things, but I'm gonna go through them fairly quickly so I can give y'all this information for these ingresses we're having. That when when stuff y'all can tell from when Jupiter just went into Libra here on the ninth. This is not. Did y'all remember what I said about Jupiter going into Libra coming out of Virgo? We until October 2017. While Jupiter is in Libra, we are all getting a crash course in expansion, growth, advancement, abundance, higher learning as it relates to these relationships. Libra is the sign of relationships. It's ruled by Venus. So bring add in that social element, okay? It, Libra is about balance. And harmony and Jupiter there, the great benefic. You need a little beneficial energy in your life. You need a little luck, a little abundance, a little growth, expansion, advancement. That's that's Jupiter, and it is blissing. You can go back to the episode. Jupiter is going into Libra to bliss us. It is blissing this area of space that governs harmony and diplomacy and tact. So we're going to be blissed when we focus our energy in these areas. And like I said on that show, to some people, that sounds like a breath of fresh air. Libra is an air sign. To some people, that sounds like a breath of fresh air. I'm about to be blissed for doing, you know, focusing my energy in a way that I'm already focused. I already want harmony in my relationships. I already want diplomacy. Come on, air is communication. I already want to be fair in my communications and balanced, okay? And for some people, it might be a little bit more difficult to access that look, abundance, growth, expansion, and beneficial energy because they don't normally operate there. They don't normally focus on on being harmonious in their dealings with others. They don't normally focus on balancing out their relationship with their shadow self that's also governed there in Libra, seventh house. And so it might be a long year for, for those people, and they may just, miss out on a little bit of, or a lot of bit, because Jupiter is all about the expansion. Jupiter is all about keeping on going and just a little bit further, a whole lot further. (laughs) That's one of the um, manifestations of Jupiter energy. So I'm mentioning that because we've got a few ingressions here, a couple of ingresses here in the week ahead, sun ingressing into Libra. Uh, where Jupiter already is, and Venus going into Scorpio. So let me um, give it to you guys in order. I know a lot of y'all take notes. Sunday, the 18th, 3.06 a.m. Central, Venus and um, Uranus are in opposition, okay? You're going to sense that by way of changes, okay? Uranus is always this fresh lightning, you know, energy that 
denotes change setting and unexpected. Who knows when lightning is going to strike? That's Uranus right there, okay? And, of course, Venus is the love and the money. So you changes with love, changes with money, um, unexpected events. Um, it is an opposition, so it could be a tug-of-war type energy, but it could be the perfect balance at the same time. I told you all here last week that I'm coming to the distinct awareness and knowledge that these oppositions, opposition and conjunction is the same thing, essentially. It's the same energy, and the message clearly in both cases is to find that balance. Even when two energies are conjunct and together in the sky, they have to share that space. So they better figure out how to balance and harmonize. Same thing with opposition, okay? Um, maybe you want to switch something up. It is change with love and money. If you're partnered up, maybe you or your partner wants to switch something up within the relationship, and, and it creates an oppositional energy between you two. It sets you two against each other. Clearly, once again, there is an opportunity to find the balance. Um, There could, now with rapid change, that could denote a separation in relationships. Maybe you can't find the balance after whatever sudden unexpected event or communication occurs. Let me see what signs these are in. Hold on. Well, I mean, I know what sign they're in. I know you. I know Uranus is in Aries and Venus in Libra. So yeah, especially with Venus being in Libra, it could be about communication. It could be a message. It could be a conversation. And then you know, Aries with that that impetus and impulse. I just strongly encourage you guys to to make sure you're not. Um, walking around with pent-up aggression, and if you need to say something to your partner, simply say it. I know you done created 85,000 things in your mind as to why it's such a horrible thing to say, but there, there's a way to do it all. This, there's a lot of intuitive, um, watery energy going on right now with this Pisces full moon eclipse. If you can sit down <laughs> and shut up, I mean, it sounds funny when I say it, but I'm keeping it real. If you can sit down in your in your own space by yourself, close your mouth, which is going to help that mind shut down. I know them thoughts keep racing and you can't seem to stop them. I'm going to help you. You sit down, you shut up, you close your eyes, okay? And you wait. It's gonna take. It may take a second for them swirling thoughts to start simmering down. But give it time. Be patient with yourself. You're human. You're you're superhuman too. But I want. I want. I'm making a point here. And Mercury's still retrograde on top of that. Even at this point in our week ahead, when Venus opposes Uranus, I want you to sit down. Hush up, close your eyes so you can be still. When you can manage to be still with all of this watery energy going on, drink you a cup of water before you do it too, okay? Let that energy flow because you're tapping into something here. You don't realize it on the outset if you're not already in the habit of having spiritual practices that you do on a daily to stay in tune, tapped in, and tuned into the spirit. 
tuned into the vibration of creation, the vibration of the creator, creatress, however you want to term it. God, God is absolute. That that energy never goes anywhere. And everything that you want, need to tap into is there. So do you think getting on the phone with your homegirl and 85,000 relatives that, trust me, they're going through their own stuff, is going to help? Or do you think maybe, just maybe, sitting down, shutting up, closing my eyes, drinking some water, and tuning in just might offer me a place of peace to make a higher decision from? That's going to help in the week ahead because you don't be, want to be on the wrong end energetically of a Venus and Libra, Uranus and Aries opposition, okay? Not if you, especially not if you are in a committed relationship and especially not if you want to be in one, okay? Um, if you're, I talked about more about the partner issues that may pop up, but um, as far as my singles, mama's babies, single mama's babies, uh, if you are dating right now, it's probably going to be very exciting. Of course, Uranus is bringing that energy of um, excitement and inspiration, and uh, but it may not be very uh, long-term, okay? Uh, it, it also could denote Uranus is the strange, you know, the unique, and so uh, you could be a part of a very unorthodox type of relationship um, around this time if you meet somebody. and uh, Or it could be a relationship where a lot of space or freedom is needed, okay? Um, you know, and if that's something you're into or like, it could be something long-term, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying that's impossible if you're single now and meet somebody or dating somebody right now. Uranus also rules electricity and social media, the Internet. So Internet dating could pop off around this time for you, okay? Um, if if you're not involved and not trying to be involved, not looking to be involved, it could definitely show up once again. Venus is the love, but Venus is also the money, and so that could be exciting changes happening in your finances, financial windfalls. Um, I just would be careful not to gamble it all away. Once again, this could be a – it could not last a long time, just like with the money, with the love. So – um, you know, because Uranus is that's like it's a stimulating energy, so it can be exciting in the moment, right? And so just watch, watch out for those tendencies within yourself or others, especially my singles, okay? Somebody's like really lightning fast and came into your life real quick and real intense, you know, like lightning is not intense. So it could be really intense and really stimulating and then, once the transit passes, something else. So enjoy it, but understand that you may or may not be able to build upon it depending on, you know, what the substance of what is going on is as opposed to just what the current feeling is, okay? Uranus is in Aries after all, so that Aries is impulsive. Aries it can be, you know, just 
just ready to go with no true long-term plan in place, okay? Um, some people that were born with Venus opposite Uranus in their chart, they tend to have unusual love lives. Um, they tend to need a lot of stimulation and excitement in their relationships, um, and they need to feel free to be themselves, okay? Um Yeah, these people would, it would take a lot of effort for them typically to uh, form long-term relationships and maintain them, okay? So, and I, that's why I like uh, mentioning, you know, people born with these certain aspects that we're, we're going to be, trans, um, that are we're transiting through because I, I like to give people an idea that, you know, you may, when you meet somebody and what's your sign? And they say, you know, I'm a, let me pick one, I'm a Scorpio, right? And you're, you're saying, oh, okay, a Scorpio. I know this about Scorpios, but you don't know what's in their chart. I'm here to tell you, I done dated a few. You better get up in that chart. You better ask what the, that time of birth is and send it to your nearest, dearest astrologer and let them look, look into it for you. Because somebody with a placement like this and you thinking they're being fickle and they just, they just being a player, and they, they may have Venus opposite Uranus in their chart. And you just need to come at them a certain way. They may not have a philandering heart, but they need constant stimulation and change and excitement. They need some lightning to strike in their life every now and again to keep them feeling like themselves. Uh, and these people would would have an easier go at forming a lasting friendship and relationship with someone in their similar who who gets them energetically. Okay. All right, so after that, Sunday, also um, 3, 10 p.m. Central, the moon does trine Mars and go void for eight hours and 48 minutes. Um, nothing happens in between that time and 11.58 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday when the moon enters Taurus, okay? So we go into this week ahead. We start our week ahead with the moon in Aries. We're ready we're ready to make a move. We're ready to do something. And that could be how this Venus opposition, Uranus energy kind of plays out and shows up, that somebody in the partnership or relationship, or even if you are unpartnered, that you get the impetus for change in your love life, for change with your money, okay? And um, I, I just um, am praying that it all has really great energy around it for you, okay? Uh, when By the time the moon does enter Taurus, we're going to be ready to sit down, <laughs> at least slow down, okay? When the uh, moon comes out of void status there at 11.58 p.m., we wake up on Monday rising, start our work week off or whatnot. Um, Taurus, of course, is about that money, honey. It's, about, it's ruled by Venus, Um um, I was talking about this when I was discussing the second house energy with Aquarius for this Pisces full moon, but it's the same thing. Taurus second house, um, it's a, it's a, it's it's got Venus on it. It's real sensual, okay, in this area. So when when the moon enters Taurus, by the time you wake up on Monday, 
you're going to want, it's like that you want to sink your teeth in or at least sink your feet in the sand or the mud and kind of languidly enjoy your surroundings, okay? Um, you can, you want to enjoy really good food, you know. You want to feel good and, and, and put on, you know, your 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 oils and your stuff that makes you feel good, okay? It's an earth sign, so it's a real earthy energy. Anything tangible and material, um, you may want to cook that night or, or, you know, those couple of days or something like that. Um, just something you can feel with all five of your physical senses, okay? And so if if there were some exciting changes in your relationship, maybe that will bode well for that. This a moon in Taurus is a good time to give or receive a massage. Um, it's a good time for aromatherapy. Even if you are unpartnered, please know and understand that you are still stimulating this energy if you participate in these ways. You could... Um, you know, do something different to your hair at home during this time or, you know, um, anything kind of beautifying and artful and and decorative and just pleasing to the senses. I don't, you don't have to be partnered to enjoy that energy, but we're going to be ready for that uh, early in the week. Um, also Monday, 6.53 a.m., well, that was late, late Sunday night, 11.58 p.m. Central. Early Monday, rising, 6.53 a.m. Central, Venus sextiles Mars. Mm, mm, mm. Now, y'all know y'all favorite astrologer, Mama Dada, got this up in her natal chart. I'm so happy to speak on it. Um, let me mention, though, before I do, I like to give dates so y'all can get a sense of how often these energies are coming through or not. With the Venus opposition to Uranus, we started the week out with Sunday, um, 3.06 a.m. That is occurring here on the 18th. It's the only time it's happened this year. It's the only time it's going to happen this year, okay? So if you need some change with your love and your money, this is this is it, Okay. Uh, This is one of the alignments. Um, It's only going to happen once next year, November the 4th of 2017. Uh, It will occur three times in 2018. I won't worry about giving you those dates. Well, they're all near the end of the year, so something's retrograding. Clearly, it's probably going to be Venus. September the 12th of 2018, October 31st of 2018, and November 29th of 2018. But once 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 this year. Now, this one that we're about to dig into here real quick, uh, uh, Venus sextile Mars, it happened already this year on February the 17th. It's happening here in the week ahead on the 19th, and it happens twice next year, okay, in April and June. But Venus, Venus sextile Mars, it really is almost Venus trine Mars. It's pretty darn good. Um, It's a great transit for everybody that's going to be, all of us that are going to be experiencing it as we progress to the week ahead. Just a really great transit for romance and socializing, okay? It's this perfect energetic blend of affection and sexuality and you feeling sexy, being confident and assertive. Look, Mars in a harmonious aspect to Venus, that's pretty good. Uh, being confident and assertive about what you want without being threatening, right? Um, 
this is a good balanced energy that makes us all ready to give and receive love and adoration. It's a really ideal time for dating um, because we're all going to be feeling really playful and suave and sexy, you know. And we're because of that, we're likely to attract um, people just as suave and sensual and sexy as we're feeling, okay? Uh, it's not a superficial kind of attraction. It's really intense, okay? And it's based on mutual attraction and chemistry. It's a really good time here in our week ahead when Venus is sextiling, as Venus is sextiling Mars, uh, to promote yourself, to initiate a project. Um, creative talents are being highlighted, you know, um, and our charm and our increased popularity are going to make gaining support much easier than it would be at another time. For people like Moa, <laughs> who were born with Venus sextile in their chart, these people tend to be more vivacious and engaging and honest. Okay, um, they're socially they 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 tend to be socially popular and tend to be a part of the in crowd because they tend to be beautiful in appearance and alluring in their nature. There's, once again, nothing superficial about this energy or these people or their beauty and friendliness. These people tend to have a zest for life and a strong desire to experience everything with intensity, okay? All right, moving right along, Tuesday on the 20th at 825 p.m. Central, Mercury and Pluto trine. Mercury and Pluto are going to trine here on the 20th, and as you can see in the episode information, they're going to trine again on the 22nd. Just uh, I'm, I apologize, the 23rd, just three days later, because smack dab in the middle of the 20th when Mercury trines the first time and the 23rd when it trines the second, it stations direct there on the 22nd. I apologize, it trines again on the 23rd and stations on the 22nd right in the middle of it. So it's hitting the trine of Pluto as it's finishing out retrograde, stations retrograde, and trines Pluto on the way back out of the retrograde zone, okay? Mercury trine Pluto has occurred uh, quite a few times this year, April 17th, May 12th, May 30th. Those were all a part of a Mercury retrograde as well. And then here, August 10th, and um, lastly, September the 23rd, Mercury won't chime Pluto again until 2017, May 31st, okay? And it will only do it one more time that year, um, September 22nd. Uh, when Mercury chimes Pluto, you know that's powerful just because Pluto in it, the planet of power, okay? And Mercury retrograde, we're talking about our thoughts. We're talking about... Um, our communication style. We're talking about how we get around and move when we're talking about Mercury in an easy, effortless, harmonious flow to power, Pluto, to transformation, Pluto, to death and rebirth, Pluto. So with this transit, it's going to be a really ideal time to ask for a favor if need be and to talk people into things. You're going to have power with your words, but please make no mistake, other people will too. Please don't mistake that. This is a transit where it gives us power of penetration at the mental level. Our brains are very powerful under this influence. 
Now, harmoniously with this tribe, we can apply this mental power to bargaining or negotiating favorable deals, sales, uh, bargaining and negotiating favorable deals in business, especially as it pertains to like major purchases like cars and houses where you want a powerful mind to maneuver around those negotiations, okay, or debating, you know. Um, it could be the beginning of something really powerful as on by the uh, by way of relationships, karmic friendships, successful partnerships, and 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 those beginning because of some powerful idea or plan. Okay, so don't when when Mercury's trining Pluto, you can't minimize your thoughts. Write it down. If you got powerful stuff coming through so easily and effortlessly, I want you to be mindful to, to jot some stuff down here in the week ahead. This is an exact Tuesday evening. It doesn't just happen Tuesday evening. We're building up to that. That's it. Strong and intense now. If stuff is coming, jot it down. It doesn't hurt to jot it down. It may end up being a powerful move that you just made. Mercury rules writing. So you may not consciously be aware of the power in what you're writing and how easily and effort you may take for granted that it flowed to you so easily and effortlessly that you just, well, that can't be nothing major. That just came to me like just a thought. Well, Mercury's trying in Pluto. That's exactly how it was supposed to come. Um it's definitely a good time to understand something deep. Pluto, eighth house Scorpio, I was just talking about it. It rules things that are deep beneath the surface, deep in our psychological, right? And so uh, this is actually a good time to understand astrology better. We got a first-time caller, at least first time on the air, Dakita, earlier. You know, uh, people are going to be drawn to deep things especially as we get close to not this one time it hits on the 20th, it's going to hit again on the 23rd. So you can read that pretty much into all next week, from right now all up in the next week, all up in the next week. Be a really good time to do your one-click email access to Mama Dada Astrology. You know I keep a special on deck for y'all. Y'all ain't gonna, y'all going to pay the low low for it. It's a good time to get that birth chart, dig deeper into yourself and your own psychology, your own personal astrology. Pluto rules investigations and research, understanding things at a deep level, psychological self-analysis, uncovering hidden things, mysterious things, secret things about your own self. Because uh, cause some obsessive tip, Pluto also rules obsession. Now, I told y'all it can be extreme, too. And so um, any obsessive tendencies that may come up, instead of applying it to somebody outside of yourself and potentially getting yourself into a situation you don't want to be in, oh, I wonder what's in their phone. Let me do some. <laughs> Let me apply my research and investigation to that. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying that the best way to utilize energy like this is going deeper within yourself, going deeper within uh, the context of something that you that can really benefit you. Pluto is power. 
that's the best, that's the highest power to have is power over yourself. That's scary that there's so many people out here trying to run something that ain't got nothing to do with them and can't run home, can't run at home within themselves. Don't let a Mercury Tron Pluto come and govern all of the week ahead and you worried about somebody else. This is a, a, a wonderful time uh, to block out background, uh, background noise, okay? So you can obsessively apply discovery and research to something that's going to benefit you. Pluto is also a, a, a money planet. Eighth house is that money, them shared resources. So all that obsession, obsessive tendency, intense energy, can go to something that will uh, better you. And in that eighth house, Pluto, it can affect your legacy. It can affect the next generation on the high end and the low end. So make it count. Make it something that you can live with. Um, It's going to be a really good time if you want to consult a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or get a reading. It's a, once again, Pluto's the, the, the mysterious things, occult, the, anything occult, which just means hidden, something hidden, is all in this energy, okay? So that's what a, uh, a, a an astrologer could do for you via a reading, a tarot reader could do for you. Do it. it could, that could help you uncover and 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 um, some mysteries, okay? Some things that. Uh, Spiritual, spiritual things that are hidden to the physical eyes, right? It's a good time for that past life regression, um, dream in, um, interpretation or recall. So all of that. People that were born with Mercury, Chon, Pluto in their charts, um, they're deep, they're, inquis- they're inquisitive. Um, they have powerfully penetrating minds and determination and focus, okay, that allows them to hone in on particular skills and become an expert in a particular field, okay? Um, These people can be very competitive about serious matters. Um, and, And friends would be important to these people, but they may prefer fewer true friends who can appreciate their their depth and their intensity, okay, and their power instead of people who uh, would go toe-to-toe toe, toe with them in the, at that power. And power plays manipulative, the low ends of Pluto where you're being uh, jealous and, and controlling and manipulative, okay? All right, moving on, moving on. We got uh, right after that on the 20th Tuesday, 10.32 p.m. Central, uh, we got the sun trining the moon, which is a beautiful aspect, but that sends the moon into void, of course, for two hours and 21 minutes. They're at 12.53 a.m. on Wednesday rising. This time next week, early rising, 12.53 a.m. Central, the moon enters Gemini. Look at that. Mercury day, Wednesday, moon entering Gemini, Mercury ruled. Mercury's the very next thing that happens after the moon enters Gemini. Oh, and I got this switched up because, no, 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 I didn't. The very next thing that happens after the moon enters Gemini is Thursday the 22nd at 1230 a.m. Central. Uh, Mercury finally stations direct in Virgo, y'all. Ooh, we're almost through. I don't, 
especially being someone whose chart is ruled by Mercury, so I have I can speak on it. <laughs> and uh, if Dakita has a Gemini rising, she can speak on it as well. Uh, anybody who has Gemini rising in their birth chart, your entire chart is ruled by Mercury. So when Mercury retrogrades happen, when anything is happening with your ruling planet, you tend to feel those shifts uh, more so because that energy is kind of always with you anyway. So under a Gemini moon uh, ruled by Mercury, Mercury stations direct. Now, while the moon is in Gemini, we're going to be emotionally satisfied to do mercurial things, to to pursue mercurial things. To um, uh, I love that it's happening. At, it, the moon goes into Gemini there on Wednesday, Mercury Day. By the time we're um, on the air next week, I'll be if especially if I do it at 3 p.m. Central, like like normally, <clears throat> it'll be on a in, in the Mercury hour, at least in the Central time. So. That's a lot of energy for messages to come through. That's a lot of energy for communications to um, to happen and come through. Mercury is going to be extremely volatile and powerful because it's about to station direct whenever it gets to the It's already been going retrograde, right, backwards through these degrees. And when it's about to stop and go right back forward, that's when that's one of the times it is at its full power meaning uh, what's that wednesday thursday potentially friday too i want you to watch that mouth i want you to watch that mind if you watch your mind you you don't have to watch your mouth so much cuz the only thing coming out your mouth is what's on your mind so i want you to watch that mind not to you know, block anything or pretend, but to evaluate. That's what Mercury retrograde has all been about. Reassessing, reevaluating, reviewing, looking, taking a second look at our thoughts. And in Virgo, precisely so, exactingly so, organ in an organized fashion. And in a, and in practical ways, real down to earth, grounded out mental energy. I love it. So be mindful. Be mindful of the messages. Be mindful of your movements. Mercury also rules that travel, okay? Um, with the moon being in Gemini, of course, that short, shorter term, shorter distance travel. They're within your neighborhood. They're, they're locally. And so let me get to these Mercury uh, stationing direct horoscopes. Be for each sign because I want y'all to be in that mind frame leading up to next Thursday early rising, pretty much through next Wednesday evening because as of 12.30 a.m. Thursday is when it goes direct. I'm going to start with Virgo per usual. I'm going to start with the sign that um, the energy is happening in since Mercury is going direct in Virgo. I'm starting with my Virgos. Clearly, that means I'm going to start out with all my mutable signs because y'all are going to have the most impacted areas due to the placement of where Mercury is going directing your chart. For Virgo, it's for first house. The most pivotal houses are first, self, fourth, home, and family. 
seventh other partner, our shadow self, and tenth, outside of the home, public, career, goals, ambitions, life direction, okay? So for Virgo, it's first house, this self, that physical body, your appearance, how others see you, your immediate surroundings and environment, your outlook on life, Virgo. That's where Mercury's been retrograding there for you in your sign, in the first house. And Mercury's your ruler on top of that. So you potentially, Virgo, have been Virgo sun, Virgo moon, Virgo ascendant, have been feeling off, especially Virgo ascendant, like I said, physical body, feeling off in a little bit of subtle ways, okay, really no matter what's been going on. Uh, when things are going on in the first house, it kind of is a smorgasbord. I always say that it can kind of affect anything. Uh, but, of course, for all of us, it's going to be tend to be more mercurial things. But it's been a really good time, Virgo, to, to possibly give something a second chance, right? Um, and that may, giving something a second chance, taking another look at something may be uh helping you to get through the challenging energy. Now, Virgo, once the retrograde is over, here in the week ahead, you can work on bringing stability back into your life and focusing on new ideas. The unstable energy that may ha- that has been possibly real subtle for you, you should begin to sense that shift where it's not so off anymore. Your ruling planet is back in the position it wants to be in, going straight ahead. And so now these mercurial um, things, you can focus more mentally. You can focus more, you know, as it relates to your communication, just stabilizing, okay? Transportation, stabilizing. Sagittarius, y'all got the 10th house transit, okay? And so... Careers, goals, ambitions, that top of the chart, I was just mentioning it. Um, You could have been feeling like you've been getting pushed down, set back, delayed, right, making bad impressions on people, authority figures and elders, or lacking help from those people in these higher positions that could help you, or lacking the drive or motivation you need to pursue those goals and ambitions and life directions. You may have been uncertain, especially um, depending on where Neptune is falling in your chart right now, uncertain of the direction you're taking um, or about the long-term plans you've created. And and you really haven't felt comfortable to make any big changes while Mercury's been retrograde. But once the retrograde is over, Sagittarius, you can start to see the big picture again and the path that you're on can become brighter so you can make better decisions. It should clear up for you the direction you're heading in, Sagittarius. It should clear up for you um, what cycles of karma you've been in, okay, and make a little more sense. Pisces, for you. Another pivotal area of the chart, the seventh house of other, other people, relationships, period. Um, And you've likely been experiencing some difficulties communicating with these people, these other people, and have possibly had some issues in your relationships. Um, 
You could have been a little more indecisive, felt a little out of balance, or lacked the peace that you need in order to feel calm and focused. Oh, Pisces, now that the retrograde is ending, you can work on fixing once it ends. You can work on fixing any issues that did or have come up within your relationships. Mercury will be direct at that point. Things should be a lot clearer in communication, understanding, listening, things like that with other people, okay? And uh, you can focus up on opening up the lines of communication as well. Uh, Gemini, the final pivotal house, uh, the fourth house is where you're experiencing, you have been experiencing Mercury retrograde and where it is stationing direct for you, fourth house, you could have been feeling really emotionally unsettled, Gemini, Gemini risings, if you have Gemini rising, once again, this is likely something you experienced in your personally. And so um, having difficulties at home or with your family or feeling your internal foundation is a little shaky, um, becoming impacted at your core by something that happens, okay, or just feeling extra sensitive. It's an emotional house, Gemini. You could have just been feeling really emotional, having difficulty expressing what you feel and maybe being more subjective that versus objective. Now, once the retrograde is over, Gemini, you can start to get a grip on your emotions. Yay! (laughs) You can express your feelings more fully. You can repair issues at home or with your family, and you can work on strengthening your internal foundation for everybody. The same area that Mercury has been retrograding in, we just had a solar new moon there on the 1st of September. And we just are have, and we're having a full moon lunar eclipse in Pisces directly opposite this Virgo energy where Mercury has been retrograding. Okay, so this is nothing new where you're dealing with Mercury retrograde issues or potentially or have been. This is just a another layer to this energy and another way to kind of look at how and why things have been playing out the way that they have. Once the retrograde is over, Mercury stationing direct on the 22nd, you could kind of feel this area where there may have been tension due to these eclipses, solar, new moon in Virgo, and full moon lunar in Pisces. And you may see it kind of, you know, the 1st of September, bam, 16th of September with the full moon, bam. And then here on the 22nd, you may sense kind of a release or a relief mentally, communication-wise, things unlocking and unblocking and moving forward again. Thank God. (laughs) So I'm just adding a little more description to it so you can kind of see how this Mercury retrograde and it's stationing direct in the week ahead, what it's had to do with these eclipses and during eclipse season. Taurus, fifth house, Taurus, uh, you could definitely have been dealing with issues with your loved ones, lacking creativity, inspiration, feeling lazy, not having time for love and fun that you want. Uh, You could have been more dramatic, a little immature sometimes, okay? But now that the retrograde is going to be over, Taurus, once it is, You can start working on being creative again, feeling romantic, you know, finding inspiration, reconnecting with your own inner child, 
and reminding yourself how to have a little fun. If you're dating or partnered up with a tourist, just give them to the 22nd, please. <laughs> They're going to come around. <laughs> All right, Capricorn. Y'all have uh, Mercury been retrograding in your ninth house, your Sag house, so you definitely could have been feeling stifled in your very expansion, like you have had issues when you want to expand or feeling like you have less freedom or too much of it and um, and possibly being overly defensive of your beliefs or having difficulty communicating, especially when it comes to learning or teaching. And so hopefully y'all have been, I remember giving y'all re, uh, Mercury retrograde horoscope, so I, I, hopefully I reminded y'all to, you know, that, well, that's where the caveat is to kind of slow down. And it, the caveat's the same for Mercury retrograde. You know, you're thinking twice before you speak, right? And uh, you are, especially in Virgo, you're being precise and exact and making sure you say the right thing. Um, Capricorn, once the retrograde is over, you can get your mind back on track, okay? And you can focus on those big ideas again and and the expansion that you want to do. And you can see the big picture more clearly so you can work on your plans, okay? Cancer, uh, third house for you, communication, house. the Mercury house that you've been dealing with, the Mercury retrograde in. So that's communication issues potentially to the max, Cancer, having difficulty being heard, um, having difficulty understanding others, having difficulty being understood, and possibly needing to do more listening and less talking. But um, it could have been very, very difficult with your mind just going a mile a minute. Third, Mercury is a busy energy, and it does not like, from what I can tell, it doesn't really like to be retrograde, kind of like Mars. That was a tough retrograde, y'all, because Mars just want to move and do something. (laughs) So retrogrades are kind of the um, opposite of that, kind of slowing down and backing up. Uh, but cancer, you can get you now that the retrograde is going to be over. Once it is, you can start to get your mind back on track, feel less scattered and unfocused, and can open up the lines of communication with others. Scorpio, eleventh uh, house, you may have been questioning your dreams for the future or feeling uncertain about your future. Okay, lacking the hope you need or having difficulty with friends or groups you belong to. Here in the eleventh house, Scorpio, you may want more independence than you've been able to get, or you may feel like you can't be your true self for some reason. Once the retrograde is over, Scorpio, you can definitely begin to focus on trying to reconnect to your dreams, your hopes, your wishes, thinking outside of the box, your true self, and opening up communication with friends or groups of people that you um, have or are going to be working with, networking with. Aries, Aries, Uh, you could have been sixth house for you, Aries, so you could have been struggling with issues regarding your work, daily life, health, or with pets, okay, while Mercury's been retrograde, and and could have been very easily stressed out, Aries, um, by taking on too much, worrying too much about every little thing. Sixth house is that nitpicky, real detail-oriented kind of obsessive energy, and so uh, you've been endeavoring definitely to try to go easy on yourself um, uh, because with this energy it can lean towards perfectionism and that doesn't necessarily do you any good. Um, 
it has been a time for you of focusing on old work projects, okay, giving old routines and health regimens a second chance or doing a lot of revising to um, those routines or, or work projects. Once the retrograde is over Aries, you can work on getting back on track with your work routine, health, and life. You, you can feel or sense something release and shift to where you can move forward again in these areas, Aries, okay? All right, we rounded it out with Leo, Libra, and Aquarius. Leo, second house here, okay? Finances, that, that personal finances and money. Um, and either you, you could have been made to feel more unstable or make you feel very bored, like nothing was changing. Second house can be feel like a stuck energy because things slow down drastically from that first house, okay, Leo? Um, you may have been more stubborn during this um, time or even more indulgent, which is a low manifestation of that second house energy. Uh, once the retrograde is over, Leo, you can work on getting control of your finances again or try to hit the right note when it comes to stability, okay, or determination. And you can also work on uh, your on being more moderate or moderation uh, if the, during this retrograde time you have felt a little unbalanced, okay, uh, due to overindulgence. Libra, 12th house here. What a house for Mercury to be retrograding in for you, Libra. Um, Y'all know it's the time where the X's and the O's can come back, so... Twelfth uh, house Libra is is definitely dealing with the past. Is dealing with subconscious. So those issues could have been stirred up during this time, uh, even old enemies, <laughs> and um, and make you see the ways in which you may even like I said, twelfth house is that self undoing potentially when you're not dealing with your fears, facing those fears head on. So you could have seen, been seeing the ways how you stand in your own way, Libra. Uh, you could have been needing to work on letting go of something important and coming to terms with something or understanding your motivations better. You can also feel more drained during this time. Now, Libra, once the retrograde is over, you can work on and more easily so with Mercury releasing, you know, that mental relief that's been stirring up and holding on to and regurgitating and re-stirring the pot. Now you can work on putting the past behind you, moving forward, and having way less baggage, Libra, okay? Rounding it out with Aquarius, last but never least, 8th house Aquarius. Um, with you, Mercury retrograde could have been causing you to experience issues where you feel more um, stuck kind of in dark moods or extreme emotions, um, overly sensitive, possibly when you have felt the lack of close bonds and deep and intimate connections with others. Um, the retrograde could, could be stirring up emotions and issues you're, you've been holding deep inside of yourself, which can be unsettling. Like I said, when all this stuff comes to the surface during these times of Mercury retrograde or Pisces full moon eclipse, it can be unsettling, but it needs to be brought out to the light to be dealt with. It needs to be stirred up during a Mercury retrograde to be dealt with. It needs to be revisited during a Mercury retrograde to be dealt with. Uh, so Aquarius, once the retrograde is over, you can definitely work on being serious but not dark, 
and depending on your context for the word dark, what I mean is serious but not harmful to yourself, okay, or anybody else. Where eighth house, low vibrational stuff like jealousy and manipulation and control can come in. Um, what you can do also once Mercury stations direct is any research that you need to, and you can work on moving forward. Um, after that, I'm not going to do any more horoscopes today, y'all. You've got enough. If you listen out for your sun, moon, and rising sign for these full moon lunar eclipses, And for Mercury Stationing Direct, I have every confidence that here in the week ahead that you've got what you need to manifest on the highest vibration possible, a powerful week. Mercury trying and Pluto to a powerful week. Make sure that what's in your mind, what comes out of your mouth, what you write down, anything mercurial. I'm listing mercurial functions, thinking, writing, speaking, listening, what you listen to. Be mindful of what you're listening to, who you're listening to. I was listening to something earlier. I had to change it. So let me just put on some music. This, this, we're living in too sensitive of times right now energetically with it still being eclipse season, with Mercury still being retrograde, with these ingresses. Too critical of a time for me to be influenced by anything other than the highest vibration, whatever that means for you. You're going to know what the highest vibration is because it's going to make you feel high. No drugs needed. No alcohol needed. High. Get off into some prayer and meditation. I just described meditation. It's not that deep as what you're thinking it is. Sit down, shut up, close your eyes, drink you some water, feel and wait. Whatever your issue is, do that. Can't nobody tell me nothing on that. That's why I can sit here in 100% confidence and say it. Because I've been through the valley of the shadow of death and stared evil in the eye. And my recourse, the spiritual recourse, the spiritual steps that I took beforehand, after that, during it, is what is the reason why I'm on the air with you today. You better ask Brother Ampu. (laughs) He knows. So I just appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I love connecting with y'all. I'm so glad when y'all call in. I'm so glad when y'all write me emails. I'm so glad when y'all send astral love gifts. I'm so glad when y'all sign up and subscribe. I'm so glad when y'all share on Facebook. I'm so glad when y'all retweet on Twitter. I'm so glad when y'all um, just even send a loving thought my way, an, by, an astral love gift my way, just by way of uh, sending a beautiful thought my way. I've even seen some people um, reshare, uh, my, uh, quote me, something I said on the air and put it on Facebook. It's kind of unreal to see stuff like that because you don't realize that you're making that big of an impact. Of course, it's why I come back every week for free and do it. But to me, it's just a reasonable thing that I can do um, having ascertained this type of knowledge 
and, you know, am able to kind of regurgitate it and break it down for y'all in bite-sized pieces where it can be something where it's a valuable, practical tool. It's spiritual, but it can also be broken down and be a valuable, practical tool. I'm giving y'all steps every week. I'm giving y'all actual things to try and do. I give that these things to my mama's babies, and they come back and tell me. I, I wrote down the five, you know, I, I started my day. First thing when I woke up and I wrote down five things I was thankful for. And, 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 and you know, my husband did this. He ain't did this. The whole time we've been married, he ain't did this. But I did a spiritual thing and got some practical results because I dared to, to believe. It's nothing hooky spooky. You believe when you sit in that chair it's going to hold you up. Is that hooky and spooky? If you don't try it, you'll never know that it works. So you can't tell me nothing. I've been doing it for years now. And it's just some people who, who, who dare to step outside of the box in this age of Aquarius, in this age of stepping outside of the box, in this age of astrology ruled by Aquarius, in this age of being your unique self, your individual self without apology, also ruled by Aquarius. It's time. It's right on time. The age of electronics ruled by Aquarius. So get at me. Utilize those electronic devices. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Peace, Ashe, Amin Ra. Be right back here next week. Love y'all.